thank God for the music of the cross. We thank God for the gospel. Thank God for his word. And we'll look into 1 Corinthians chapter 3 at this time. Go another chapter into the book of 1 Corinthians. Paul speaking, chapter 3, verse 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. You know, many people think of the church of God as church buildings. They don't know any better. But when they become a part of the church, when God gets a hold of their life, when they hear the gospel and they respond to it as the Lord leads them to repentance by his mercy and his, and his call, his love, they start to understand what they, what, what is preached in many churches. And we thank God for what we hear in ours. We thank God for the one that we can look to. And this morning, I'd like to speak a little bit about God's part. Actually, I'd like to speak more about God's part, but I don't know how that'll go because there's our part too, as far as responding to what God has already put in place for us. We thank God for Paul the Apostle. And when any minister reads his words, I'm quite sure they're, they tremble a little bit. When you consider the work that Paul did, when you consider the call that he answered, when you consider uh, how the Lord showed him the great things he would suffer, but God also used him mightily. He was willing to do God's work. He had worked uh, the way he had worked religiously for a while, and that wasn't working out good at all, till the Lord stopped him on the road to Damascus. He was all uh, ready to go. He had all the uh, papers. He had everything in place, but God turned him around and gave him uh, the things of God, uh, not just papers. We thank God for uh, something that's real down in our hearts. We're not just on a church membership somewhere. Uh, our name isn't written down uh, somewhere in, in, in the earth that where it can be burned up in a fire or, or be flooded out and not legible. But we know that our names, uh, when we are saved, are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm not going to turn to it this morning, but in the book of Genesis chapter 2, uh, when you consider what God's part is in, in this world, you find, of course, in chapter 1, how he created the heavens and the earth. In chapter 2, there was a portion there that I would have liked to have read, but it would have taken some time. But it, 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 it shows the order of things, how the Lord created the earth. He created the plants and he put everything in place. And then he created man. And we know that man was, uh, there was a special design uh, in him creating man. Man was to have fellowship with him on a daily basis. And uh, man was to care for the earth that God created. But God realized that man had a need in his life. And it said that he, it was not good that he would dwell alone, be alone. So God created uh, Eve, made him a wife to have. And we know that 
there was work to do. There was a garden to keep. It's hard for us to imagine in those days uh, work being work. Uh, I think it, it would have to almost come out of a different dictionary uh, in that regard because I'm sure it would have been uh, relatively easy as far as work goes. But one of the things that Adam had to do, his part in what God had ordained for him was to name the animals. And, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing when you think of uh, the animals and their names and, and the amazing uh, creatures that God made. But he made man and he gave man this responsibility for whatever reason. We sometimes in, in families, there's, uh, there can be a little bit of a complication when it comes to naming children. I know that when we named our daughters, I'm sure I tried to have a very major part in it. And uh, I may have won out, I may not have. I don't remember those details, but I remember uh, the name being very important uh, because it's something that's worth naming. And everything that God put in this world, everything that God did was worth mentioning, was worth uh, talking about, was worth uh, God's attention and man's attention. Well, that was man's part. He named all the animals. As far as we know, he didn't miss one. Well, then Eve came and, and he, he, he wound up naming her too. Named her Eve. She's a mother of all living. But there was some instruction that was given, uh, through all of that in the Garden of Eden that God planted eastward in Eden. It says that he placed man there and to care for it. And there was one thing that man, uh, was restricted from, we know, and that was to eat of the knowledge of the tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And over the process of time, uh, the enemy, uh, God allowed uh, this enemy of our souls to have some influence there to tempt. And because there had to be a choice made, we, we have to choose uh, by our will that we're going to love God. We're going to seek God and we're going to, we're going to hold on to God. That's, that's our part. And God has, He's available. He's invited us. He has the power. Paul preached much about God's power. He displayed it in, in uh, the things that God did through him. But it's up to man. It's up to all mankind, uh, from youngest to the eldest, to choose to uh, follow the Lord. And we know that Eve was weakened. Uh, you, we don't know. We, we doesn't, doesn't say how many times the enemy came to her. We know that uh, she started listening to the enemy. And, you know, one of the things that God was faithful to do, you, you get this sense that he came on a regular basis to talk to them, to come and to have fellowship with them. What, what, a, what a privilege they had in that regard. You know, we think back and, and many times a Christian will say, uh, I don't think I've ever heard a sinner say it, they, they'd like to see Jesus. Well, once they seen him by faith and then they want to see him but uh, they they got to speak with the lord uh, regularly and the grace of god was available for whatever reason she didn't do her part and ask god what what's happening here she should have talked to the lord she should have said the next time he came after the first encounter and said there there's there's this animal this very, very, very slick one, really very subtle, the Bible calls him. And, and he's talking to me. And of course, Adam in his, we know that he did his duty to, to tell Eve, I've received instructions. Don't eat of that tree. Well, the enemy was, was uh, doing what he does and, and she listened 
was weakened by uh, by the, that temptation, by her curiosity, whatever happened there, and she partook of that tree. And we know that God already had a plan of salvation in place. You know, that was His part. Uh, I, I remember when I was younger, especially hearing the, the term or the phrase, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, trying to help yourself. And, and it's like it doesn't even make sense because you can't get anywhere. Where are you going to pull yourself to? To yourself? Well, uh, the Lord reached clear down from heaven and and Jesus Christ was sent. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He had this whole picture before it was ever painted. He knew what was coming. And that uh, just tells us a little bit about how awesome of a God we serve and, and the, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. The Bible speaks of the unsearchable riches of Christ and these things that we do seek for. But we thank God that was in place. And we know that uh, as uh, the, the process began to lead up to Jesus coming, that the Lord along the way, of course, faithfully uh, was showing man what to do. In Micah 6, 8, it says there that he has showed thee Oh man, what is good? You know, we like short answers. We like simple ones. A big long answers, you, you might get the front and the, and the tail, but you may miss the middle and that may be where the answer is. But the Lord just said to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And we know that that is, that is a complete recipe. And, and in that, there is everything we need because the individual if they want to do justly, we know that in studying about the law and the insufficiency of it to save, but it showed that man needed to live right. And there was a great need of some power from an outside source to change the individual. That is, if there was something down inside that wanted to live right, we thank God that he puts in a heart that a little place where if an individual will just be honest and humble themselves, the Lord will help them to reach out to Him as He reaches out to them. As far as the power of God goes, we know uh, very well that it's by the power of God that uh, these things happen in our lives that we need. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 1, very familiar scripture, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And in Zechariah 4, 6, a beautiful uh Scripture there that was given to Zerubbabel, the man that was in charge of building the temple. And he said, not by might, the Lord told him, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Again, back to the basics, back to realizing, you know, when you think of working for God, there is work to do. Uh, if there's a church, there may be a lawn to mow. There may be a church to clean. There's physical things that have to take place. But we know that that in all of that, it's it's spiritual. It's about people hearing about the gospel, hearing how to get saved and coming to a knowledge of the truth. In Mark 16, 20, at the, uh, the Lord gave the great commission uh, to the disciples. We read about that. And, and, and many times as we consider what he told them to do, uh, it's a great task that he told them. It was not called the great commission for nothing. And uh, there, I love that verse six, uh, chapter sixteen twenty, where it says that the Lord it said they went everywhere, and they were preaching and doing what He said to do. It says the Lord working with them, and confirming the word 
with signs following. And we can get the, uh, the impression maybe that he's just kind of coming along and he's just kind of helping out a little bit. But folks, it's him doing the work. He's the one that gave you the breath to breathe today. He's the one why your heart is beating today. He's, he's everything to, to everyone that's worth anything. And we thank God for the Lord. The Lord uh, shows us along the way uh, how much we need him. And he has his part. We have our part. He gives us our instructions. And we uh, look to him to help us through. You think about Peter and John there at the end of the Gospel of John where Peter was uh, being told by the Lord what he was going to be uh, doing as far as feeding the, the flock of God. And and uh, we well know most of us the uh, were Peter at the end. He just wants to know, well, what's John going to be doing? What What's he going to do? Uh, it, maybe he thought, well, that there won't be anything left for anyone to do if I do all this myself. Well, there's plenty left to do. And God had something for John, and he just let Peter know that uh, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And, but, you know, I thought about it in the, in the, in the body of Christ and in the, 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 the work of God and uh, what God places us into to do for him and for his name, that there's one thing. You know, you might uh, see somebody doing something and, and think, well, I should be doing that and, and in, a good, in a good way and wanting to help out. But maybe, maybe you don't need to be doing that. Maybe you just need to keep doing what you're doing. But there's one thing you can do is you can pray for that individual. And that by the grace of God, that we need so much. You won't be trespassing in your brother or sister's territory by praying for them uh, to do God's will and to do his work because the Lord will be working together again with all of us doing uh, those parts that we cannot do. Recently, I was I was doing a task at work and and uh, someone else came along. They had run out of something to do. And that that happens sometimes. Uh, on some jobs, I know that sounds hard to believe, but I, I've seen it happen. And and if you have a pretty big crew, uh, things have to be kind of regulated, and and everybody kind of stays in their own zone. And and this individual came around. And he came and did it in the right way. He said, he "said Do you need any help?" He didn't just come in and push me aside and start doing what I was doing. And uh, well, it was kind of hard to answer him because I, you know, sometimes you can get a little bit selfish. You have so much to do. You have so much time to do it. You want to be busy the whole time. You don't want someone else taking the work away. And then, what, what, and then you'll be in hit their condition. Well, anyway, I said, I said, no, I'm good. You know, I did it with a, with a smile. He was fine. You know, that's good. You know, just checking. But you know what? I, I should have said, well, you, but you can pray for me that I can do my job the best I can. Well, I didn't do that. It wasn't church. But you know what? In the gospel, if we pray one for another, we know that God will do a mighty work. I had a little object lesson recently where uh, as far as who, who does what in a situation, I uh, we needed a tow. And uh, the tow truck driver arrives and he's starting to do some things and, and I'm trying to do the right thing. And, you know, you got a key for your car. And at that point, the key wasn't doing much good for the car. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I got out of the car and we were going to get in the in the tow truck and I'm in the tow truck. That's where I was instructed to go. And I thought, well, you know, I, I left it in park and he's going to be trying to pull that thing up on the on the tow truck. And I didn't like the idea of him trying to drag the car up there. Well, you know, silly me, he's a tow truck driver and he knows that. And so I but I get out and I, I let him know. I said, I, I didn't take the car out of park. He said, he said, I got all of that. Just just get in the truck. 
basically. Well, you know, sometimes God has to tell us that. We, we try to help God out. It's a part, and there's something about us giving Him the key. I did. I'd already given Him the key. But I didn't trust Him that He'd, that He wouldn't take it out of park. And I'm sure He probably didn't. I mean, I didn't just linger there on the conversation. I, I moved on. And because I realized He, He knew what He was doing and He had it. Uh, but you know, God has it for us and we thank God for it. In, in Matthew 9, 28, there was an, there was a couple of blind men that, uh, that had been following the crowd with the Lord and they, they came to, uh, into the house where he was and, and, and he knew what they wanted. And he looked at him. He said, you believe this thou that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, they believe. And you know, I thought about that. Sometimes our faith, when it comes to God doing something for us that we need. Uh, sometimes we maybe even have to tell ourselves, yes, I believe. I believe. You know, the enemy's there to say you don't believe or it won't do any good to believe. But sometimes we need that reminder. And they, they verbalized that to him and he just proceeded to heal them. In the book of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, there we have multiple things the Lord said for us to do. One of them is to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, we know that as that process begins, uh, we know God already has in place his promises and he's going to do his part. He's going to do his part and we thank God for it. He tells us to ask, to seek, to knock. And, uh, you know, I couldn't help but think, and we heard a little bit in Sunday school this morning of Sister Crawford when she went to that woman's house and she came up to the door and, and the brother they're doing the lesson, he didn't, he didn't get to the knocking part. It doesn't even say in her testimony whether she knocked, but she came to the door. She went to a door to go through it, uh, for a need going to a Christian woman that knew about God that could tell her how to be saved. And she took one look at Sister Crawford and said, you want Jesus. You want to be saved, but uh, I have to believe she knocked on that door and then it opened and God was able to continue to work in her life. You know, there are specific things in the word of God where uh, directions were given what to do in the in the book of Second Kings 316. It speaks about some ditches that needed to be dug. Well, I don't know about you, but I never have liked digging ditches. But with God's help, if he told me to dig one. I hope I would. And that army, they did. They dug that, they dug ditches through that valley like God said to do. And God did his part. Just like, just like clockwork, they say. God did it. And we believe these things. Over there, a little bit farther in the book of, uh, second Kings, we have Naaman seven times to dip in the river Jordan. Well, when he got willing to do it, when he finally figured out those simple instructions, he had to get past all that emotional part and all his reasonings and pride. God helped him and he was able to be clean. He came out the seventh time clean. The book of Job in the end of Job, I love that book. And I know many look to it for comfort and help when they're going through hard trials. But Job, one of his trials we know was his friends. Those that were close to him and, and cared about him. And here they just could not see it any other way but that Job had done something wrong to bring all of this on himself. And through all the process and all they all had to say, God had some things to say too. And at the end, he told Job, he just laid it out how it all, how everything, all the chips fell. And Job, he came in a good position 
Job's attitude was, was right. And he, he held on to his integrity, held on to God. The other, the other men were, they had good intentions, but Job, God let Job know. He said, you need to pray for your friends. You need to pray for your friends. And uh, the friends, they needed to make a sacrifice. They needed to uh, do what they needed to do. And what did God do when they all did that? Oh, it was a good, it was a good thing. All, everything was good. All the friends, I don't think uh, they were miserable comforters anymore. I think they were some friends that had learned a lot through Job's sufferings and through what they went through. We thank God for it. I want to close with a scripture that I trust will just wrap everything up here this morning. Isaiah chapter 40. Should have had this marked, but. We need to be reminded. We know that and we get reminded all the time. Verse 28 in chapter 40 of Isaiah. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. You can read to the end, he speaks about waiting upon the Lord. There again, there's his part. But sometimes we have to wait for him. Not even waiting while we're running, if you will. Sometimes we have to wait while we're waiting. We have to literally get in a waiting position. Anybody that sought the Lord for any length of time for uh, experiences, some even for salvation, I know when I got saved, my part that night was to just figuratively raise a white flag. I don't remember one word I said to God. I just surrendered and God saved me. Didn't even have to believe. I know that doesn't make sense, but that's the way it seemed to me. All I did was just surrender and God did the rest. He helped me with the rest. He'll help us with the rest. A week later, he told me to ask to be sanctified. Made it very plain to me, and I kind of trembled a little. I thought, I better do that. I, he brought it across in a way that I knew he meant business. Well, I went down and I asked him, and he, he did something in me that I'll never forget, and I never want to get away from. And then, of course, I had to do a little bit of waiting, or actually quite a bit of waiting, and seeking to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But he was there again to help me in that. You know, he, that's the wonderful thing about God. He doesn't just hang you out to dry. He doesn't give an instruction, say, well, good luck with it. No, he's there to help us because we look to him. He's the Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He'll do in our lives what we need done as we trust him. And let's look to him today in faith. Let's come believing this morning. He'll do his part. We'll do our little part. That part he'll help us with anyway. And we thank him for it. Twelve. Oh, I was going to tell you what time it was, but it's song 131. <laughs> I got, I got to tell you one thing on a personal note. When I was a child, I was so scared to death of singing in front of the, you know, Sunday school. We'd had the specials we had one this morning. I remember my dad told me to look at the clock. He said, in about two minutes, you'll be done. Well, anyway, it took me longer than two minutes for this. But song 131 is a good invitation song to help us believe today. Let's come out and pray. The Lord will help us.